Welcome back to this week's episode of the Seatown Podcast, where Seattle business owners, entrepreneurs, and community leaders are invited on to share their stories with us. Well, thank you, Carrie, for uh, joining me today. Today, I'm joined by Carrie Kemp, the owner of Pizzeria 22, uh, which is kind of known as West Seattle's first wood-fired uh, pizzeria. Um, w- would you mind maybe filling me in on a little, little bit of backstory about what, uh, how it came about and how you got into this? Sure. We were the first uh, Neapolitan-style okay. uh, wood-fired pizzeria here. What, what's, what's the difference, I guess? Is there... Well, there was a wood-fired pizza here, uh, pizzeria. It was actually a restaurant in Admiral, okay. um, where the copper coin is now. So it was sometime after that that I came in and, and started uh, Pizzeria 22, which um, uh, my background uh, in food goes way back, but um, I started... Um, with a colleague of mine, uh, Mike McConnell, uh, um, assisting him in, in starting Via Tribunale, which is a, a local chain of um, Neop- certified Neapolitan pizzerias here in Seattle, and um, helped him open a few of those. And while I was managing one in Georgetown, I realized that um, West Seattleites were coming over to eat Neapolitan pizza in Georgetown because there there was none in West Seattle and it was one of the last communities in in the city of Seattle in the Seattle area that um, didn't have a Neapolitan wood-fired pizzeria sure. um, and so I began looking over here for a space mm-hmm. and uh, eventually found the spot um, where we're at and um, my colleague uh, Mike is a partner of mine that he helped me uh, uh, get uh, fund this and get uh, Petria 22 and get it launched okay. and opened up in uh, June of 2011. Okay. So, yeah. Cool. Maybe you can educate me and listeners a little bit. What's the difference between, I guess, uh, Neapolitan style and maybe regular? Sure. Food? Yeah. So um, I'd been involved in pizza for many years, and uh, I mentioned my my friend Mike McConnell. Um, we had all we love pizza, and we'd always talked. He has a, a coffee business called Cafe Vita. And we met uh, there in his first location when he first opened about 20, 20 years ago. Okay. And um, I was in the mus- music business for years, but uh, as, a, as a road manager, and when I wasn't working, I would work in the food business. Okay. But we'd always talked about doing a pizza uh, project together. And um, he had been spending a lot of time going to Italy uh, for his coffee business and um, kind of stumbled into uh, Naples and the history of pizza. Um, Naples is is the birthplace of pizza. It's kind of we know it, okay. uh, where the margarita pizza comes from and whatnot. And so um, I ran into him one day, and he um, kind of explained to me what he uh, experienced over there, and that he was really um, interested in in uh, bringing this concept to Seattle. Uh, and old world style pizza, sure. uh, which I had never really uh, had before, because mm-hmm. there there really was none at this time uh, in in uh, the West Coast of the United States. Maybe there was maybe a couple places in the country that had um, certified Neapolitan pizzerias. Um, so uh, he asked me if I wanted to be a part of that and uh, and help him uh, with this vision that he had of bringing this. Um, this concept to Seattle and I, I said yes and so um, we went to Naples uh, Italy and uh, we did a lot of research there mm-hmm. um, the ovens um, used to make the style pizza 
had been built in this area of Italy in Naples for for over 2,000 years. They found one in um, the ruins of uh, Pompeii. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't think they were doing certified Neapolitan pizza then, but this this design of this oven and the materials, the bricks that that are made from ash from Mount Vesuvius, um, this this is all... um, still going on today in Naples and okay. uh, there are hundreds of wood-fired pizzerias in Naples uh, that do this so we went there to seek out uh, a, an oven builder and materials to build one of these ovens and sure. um, ended up um, me having work uh, getting uh, kind of a, a part-time job at a pizzeria called Sorbillo mm-hmm. um, which is a three you know three generation old um, Pizzeria had been around since the 30s, and um, they have what's called now a pizza university where they take uh, people like myself and uh, invite them in to their business and teach them um, how to make tradition, a true Neapolitan pizza. Um, and in exchange for free labor, and you know, uh, they will put you up uh, room and board too. So, um, People come from all over the world, China and Russia, and you know all, sure. all lengths to to learn how to make this style of pizza. Um, so I, I got the opportunity to uh, to learn how they do things there uh, at Sorbillo. Mm-hmm. Um, they happen to be on a, a street called Via Tribunale, which is where we got the name okay. for Via Tribunale. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike wanted to call it uh, Pizza Vita because he had Cafe Vita, and sure. I thought that was a horrible name. And <laughs> one day we were walking to uh, walking down Via Tribunale, and you know the, the, sign, the signs there up on the buildings that are you know, very old street signs mm-hmm. that are actually um, stone, part of the building have been there for hundreds of years. And uh, it said Via Tribunale, and I said, that, that'd be a good name for a restaurant. So... Mm-hmm. It kind of stuck, and uh, Mike's had great success at Via Tribunale, and became one of the most uh, um, authentic Neapolitan pizzerias in the country. Um, and that's kind of where I cut my teeth doing this, okay. working for him. And um, so, being certified means uh, there's a couple associations in in Naples, Italy, that were uh, started in the 1970s um, in response to the kind of the fast food trend and uh, growing fast food trend in the world. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to preserve um, the history and the uh, the history of, of Neapolitan pizza and birthplace of pizza by um, uh, starting these uh, associations. There's two of them. We belong to the, the Verace Pizza Napolitana Association, which uh, means true, me- true Neapolitan pizza. And basically, they have a, uh, a, a set of rules and guidelines that you have to adhere to in order to become uh, 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 certified a member of that association to be associated with them. So they actually come to your restaurant and I- inspect your r- restaurant and processes uh, and make sure that you are using um, the right materials. Mm-hmm. So you have to, and the main rules are you have to have a wood fired pizza oven. Um, you don't have to have a Neapolitan one. Ours, our oven at Pizzeria 22 uh, was made in Napoli and, and shipped over. Okay. Um, Sounds expensive. Yeah. <laughs> not cheap, but they're beautiful. It's yeah. kind of the, if you've ever been to Pizzeria 22, 
uh, it's kind of the centerpiece of uh, of the restaurant. Sure. You know, makes sense. And uh, yeah, absolutely, it's beautiful. So uh, the oven, um, also the flour, um, the the double lot flour or the double zero flour is um, very important. It's the way it's milled. Um, I've been to San Felice, which is uh, one of the most common um, flour producers, and they produce the double lot okay. pizza flour as well. Um, and uh, it's basically very, very fine uh, uh, way of milling the flour down to this just beautiful, soft flour. Mm-hmm. It's very delicate. Um, it happens to be half Italian flour or half Italian wheat and half uh, American wheat. Um, so they buy wheat from us and mill it, and then they sell it back to us for mm-hmm. a costly amount. But <laughs> it, it makes for um, fantastic pizza. Okay. Um, so the, the, the flour is, is very important as, as well as the the ingredients for the dough have to be just flour, yeast, salt, and water. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing else. So people like to put all sorts of things in their dough and, and uh, unnecessary. A lot of people think water is uh, a very important ingredient in pizza. Um, the water in Na- Naples is um for centuries going back uh, millennia, um, Roman rulers would, would vacation on the Mediterranean and what is now Naples um, because of the water. Uh, and when you go to Naples this day, and you have a hotel room and you just op- open your spigot, it tastes like you're drinking like Evian or it's a nice mineral water. So, sure. uh, and New York City um, has, you know, people claim that the reason New York's uh, New York pizza is so good is that, that their uh, tap water is also um, very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have wonderful tap water here sure. in the Northwest. People, some people have gone to lengths to bring the water from Naples back here. Um, Mike uh, McConnell, my partner and friend and colleague, whatever, he, uh, he, he brought some water back and had it analyzed and compared to what, what we do here. And, mm-hmm. Um, so people get really into that. And the rest is, you know, preferably having uh, tomatoes that were grown in the shadow of Mount Vesuvius, um, San Marzano uh, tomatoes, um, or the like, um, which are probably some of the best tomatoes in the world being grown uh, in the uh, volcanic-rich soil sure. uh, and in the heat of the Mediterranean. Um, the rest are other things that uh, have to deal with um, how you prepare the dough, how you um, let the dough rise. Um, it's a slow rise process. Here in America, we use an active dry yeast and warm water. And we, um, yeast is stimulated by heat. So when you, uh, most of the pizzerias here in, in America want to make dough fast. So they, they make the water warm, which activates the yeast, which makes your dough rise faster. So many places can make their dough early in the morning and, and by the end of the late afternoon, evening sh- could use that uh, dough that they um, proved that morning. Um, Neapolitan pizza is kind of the opposite of that. We use fresh, a fresh cold yeast and we do what's called a cold rise. Mm-hmm where we um, allow um, the yeast to slowly develop, but also uh, and introducing it to the flour um, uh, and, 
do what we call a slow rise and let the, uh, that dough proof slower over time. Okay. So uh, it's not uncommon that the, the dough that I use at P3 at 22 might be two or three days old, okay. um, allowing that slow rise, which um, if you analyze dough, if you were to look, we call it these little air pockets, but it's kind of like when you... Uh, in science class, when you looked at an onion under a microscope, you saw the little pockets. Well, that's what we want, what we're looking for uh, in in really good dough, uh, or at least Neapolitan dough, mm -hmm. and uh, a combination of allowing it to rise to, to create those air pockets, and also uh, in combination with <clears throat> the um, I mentioned the flour is very soft and delicate, sure. um, which. Uh, makes it very difficult to work with it's a, a, a tough skill set okay. um, Seattle has more certified Neapolitan pizzerias a, than any other city in the country really yeah by and large mostly because um, via Tribunale and then there's another um, chain here in town and between those two comprise most of that and then there's a couple of us little guys gotcha. uh, that scatter around that okay. but brings it up to that so it's hard to find people to do this because it's uh, not a skill set from someone from a New York style pizzeria like Pagliacci's could quit and come over to my place and expect to make this style of pizza. It sure. takes uh, about three or four months to become proficient at it. Okay. So now, what would you say is the big difference between um, kind of the New York style? Because that was kind of the first like good pizza I had. Right, I went sure. to New York, and obviously they attributed it to the water. Right. Uh, you know, I was in in Europe for a couple weeks and you know, made it a point to, to go over to Italy for a day. And, you know, of course I had, you know, pizza and wine for lunch and, and it was amazing, you know? Yeah. Um, but what would you say is the big difference uh, between like New York pizza and uh, like official Neapolitan style? Well, Neapolitan was the first pizza in America in New York. So it kind of grew out of that. Um, as you introduce uh, the, New, uh, the American flour and like I mentioned, the, the process of proofing dough faster and cooking, you know, when you can start, you know, when this widespread amount of pizzerias started happening, they needed to um, make dough and produce it a, a lot faster. Okay. So, uh, and also the availability of a, of a wood-fired oven was just wasn't around. Sure. So you, you know, so they they started using these bread ovens or deck ovens, we call them, mm -hmm. that are they're gas powered. Uh, usually, they have electric ones too. Mm -hmm. they, uh, some of the older pizzerias in New York were coal coal fired. Mm -hmm. Um, there's only a few of them left, but um, so out of that traditional Neapolitan people pizza grew uh, the New York style, which okay. I think because of the flour um, is a little tougher, mm -hmm. and uh, you have to work it a little more for it to to spread out. Whereas Neapolitan style is very soft, and you work it with your hands. It's yes. easy to to get holes in it and break apart. Mm -hmm. um, the reason why you throw the dough, you see guys at New York Pizza throwing, tossing the pizza up in the air, using gravity um, and spinning it in a way of loosening up that, that dough ball so it can mm -hmm. spread out. And then obviously larger pieces that became the norm for New York style. So when you're in New York, you know, your, your, your slice of pizzas Sure. Very thin, yeah. crisp, and a large chunk of pie that you should be able to fold in half. Mm -hmm. What's really difficult is is uh, applying the ingredients to the pizza. You can't, uh, you know, uh, traditional kind of regular, I would just call American-style pizza, like mm -hmm. 
like Godfathers or even uh, you know Dominoes or something like that. It's a little thicker, and you can pile uh, pretty much the kitchen sink on top of it and bake sure. it away, and it's fine. Well, with when you have a pizza that's credit card thin, uh, the the dough is credit card thin and delicate. Um, you can only apply so much stuff on there and, and, and expect to lift it off the stone with a peel mm-hmm. and get it into a 850-degree wood, wood-fired um, oven. Mm-hmm. So um, that's tricky. All those things are tricky. Just, I mean, stretching it out, getting it on the peel, just getting it on is tough. Mm-hmm. Getting it off, uh, shaking it off this big metal uh, peel looks like a giant spatula right. is another difficult maneuver. And then you have a you know 850 degree hearth in there with a fire that's burning it over, you know, a thousand degrees. Mm-hmm. And the, the most important thing um, is making sure it doesn't burn on the bottom. Sure. What happens most often, especially with people that um, aren't as skilled, um, is they end up using a lot of flour in order to get the pizza off the stone and into the oven. Mm-hmm. But when flour is trapped underneath your pizza and you have a 850 degree hearth, mm-hmm. what happens is it burns the flour sure. and it gets trapped under there. And the flavor of that is, is not good. So you said that you, you know, you've, you've been in the food industry for, for a while. Uh, you've always liked pizza. Uh, so I mean, going kind of this route with the, you know, certified Neapolitan, uh, obviously there's a lot of routes you could have taken with food or with, with pizza. Why did you decide to go this route and go through just all that effort that, to it that way well I, I fell in love with pizza um, back in about 1990 uh, I'd taken a quarter off of college and went and lived in uh, Budapest Hungary mm-hmm. for about three months and the uh, Russians had just left and uh, you know when you go to Europe for the first time you come home and uh, you, know, you kind of look at the world a little differently sure. before I'd left I'd been in the restaurant business but mostly front of house stuff and being a um, a bus boy and a and a server and when I got back I was just kind of liberalized didn't want to deal with people Mm -hmm. you know started smoking cigarettes and (laughs) you know going to college right and I was uh, influenced by a guy uh, before I left uh, he would let me help him in the kitchen when I wasn't busy and when I got back from Budapest um, the first job I got was at a pizzeria it was called Paisan first Um, it's no longer there but um that's where I kind of fell in love with pizza. Okay. Um, I don't know too many people that don't like pizza, but this pizza was fantastic. And, and also knowing that my friend wanted to start one of these restaurants was very exciting. Mm-hmm. And uh, for him to allow me to be a part of that was, was a big attraction. I was uh, very grateful, but also very excited and um, doing a project that was, uh, you know, that wasn't really common here. Um, and then also, you know, seeing his vision come to life and helping him with that and having Via Tribunale become such a success um, was very inspiring. Sure. And so I'd always wanted my own restaurant as well. And uh, so I got a lot of experience uh, through uh, Via Tribunale in terms of not only making a Neapolitan pizza, but also... Um, creating and building out the restaurants and sure. you know the all the variables that go into um, um, making that happen what do, what do you love most about what you what you do at pizza Rio 22 you know, owning your own business and I like being a uh, part of the community you know um, 
I get to see my customers, fam, families grow up, you know, and uh, people are very loyal here. I'm grateful for that. And it's, you know, I, there's not a day where I don't think that, and that um, I'm thankful for my customers and people coming in and, um, and spending money and eating good pizza. You know, it's not cheap. Um, pizza, a lot, a lot of pe- people want, you know, a, a piece of Costco pizza for, you know, two dollars or three bucks or whatever it is um and our pizza is just not like that you know and we import most of our products from italy so they're special uh, italian specialty food items that are they're costly you know and so um so that um the camaraderie of i mean it's exciting to be in a restaurant when it's full and uh, people are happy i'm feeding people i'm not selling widgets you know i'm not uh uh, I feel it's an honest way to make a living. Um, it's difficult here in the city of Seattle. And a lot of my colleagues who are very successful are uh, like Tom Douglas has said he's through opening up restaurants in Seattle just because it's so difficult to deal with yeah. the city council and all these rules and regulations, some of which are still coming down the pike. It's frustrating mm-hmm. that you know a lot of us small business, whether you're a restaurant or not, are being looked upon to carry the burden for all these things that are um, missing in our culture you know but uh, that's a whole other uh, spiel we could spend a couple sure. hours on yeah, a whole, whole yeah. episode yeah. On that. yeah 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 it's a common theme I, I hear when interviewing business owners is just that sales becoming increasingly less friendly towards small business it's just really hard to make it you know? especially, it's hard. especially the restaurants I mean there's already a small margin to start with yeah that's hard to have the former mayor who comes in a lot and Dow Constantine, so yep. you know he's a regular at my place, and yeah. uh, so I have to kind of hold my tongue sometimes. Sure. Sometimes I I just want to like what in the world is going on here? Sure. Um, but you know it's just a part of life, and I think uh, I'm I think West Seattle's growing in a positive way, and you know it's it's you know our city our region is one of the best economies in the country, so. Um, so when you, I mean, when you when you opened, uh, you know, Pizzeria Twenty Two, I mean, you had you know experience in the food industry, you know, making Neapolitan style pizzas. Uh, went to Italy and, and trained and whatnot, so you had a lot of experience going into it. But but what do you say when you first opened the doors, when you first started your own business? What was the most surprising aspect of it was that you weren't weren't quite expecting? Well, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I, I didn't expect to be. A, uh, positively as busy as we were mm-hmm. you know um, fortunately a couple of uh, my colleagues who worked for me he, they uh, um, uh, Jesse Barnes and Carl Schulman they they uh, they uh, they had worked at Via Tribunale uh, as well and then they actually worked for my catering business with me and so I was like hey I'm gonna open this pizzeria in West Seattle and they they um, one of them ran my kitchen and one of them ran my bar and uh, so when we opened our doors um, between the three of us and Daniel who had been working for a local Neapolitan pizzeria um, company for about six or seven years um, we had this experience that um, a lot of people made the point that hey it doesn't seem like you guys are a new restaurant Um, so one of the things was um, was uh, how busy we were and how well accepted was. Um, the West Seattle blog had a lot to do with that. Um, I kind of baited them six months before we opened and wrote um, 
to them and said, hey, um, I'm bringing a business to your area that's sure. not there. And they were like, what's your business? Right, and it's like, up, you should probably cover this. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. Uh, they did. So there was a really nice buildup. And by the day we opened, there was a line. You know, there's a line outside waiting. Awesome. Yeah. So I, uh, so the West Seattle blog was a, was a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, neg- negatively, you know, not too many negatives. I, I, you know, North Admiral, I, I wasn't um, expecting to, it to be as sleepy as it was, mm-hmm. even though we were very busy. Eventually, that plateaued. Sure. You know, and especially like this time of year, after October, you know, when it starts raining sideways and. You know, like last night was one of the snow. Last night was one of the slowest nights we've ever had, sure. and it was just pouring cats and dogs. Right. You know, and it's just uh, it's part of the business, uh, sure. hills and valleys. But I, I wasn't expecting, you know, that kind of slowdown, and then I also wasn't expecting, you know, two other people to come move in a half a half a block away from me and do the roughly the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but not very many negatives, man. It's just been a beautiful experience, and uh, no acute challenges or anything. Um, you know, staffing. Challenges. You know, uh, there's Common, a. Yeah. It's <laughs> but it, you know, there's a lot of restaurants in West Seattle. We're in this huge bubble right now. Yeah. But you know, one thing too that's been frustrating and hard is that you know when I grew up, uh, I, I was I worked at a lot of different restaurants, mm-hmm. and you know you were lucky to get an interview, you know and uh, sit down with a kitchen manager or a general manager Mm -hmm. and try to get a job you know now i'll put out an ad and i'll i'll get you know 10 20 responses or people that are come uh, to for an interview and about 80 percent of them won't even show up and they won't call or text or anything so there's this this a real change in the atmosphere of the job uh kind of interview slash you know um whatever you want to call it that whole process is that kids these days um uh have changed you know so um fortunately there are people that um, are responsible and have been raised well and do um and do communicate well Mm -hmm. um and those are the people that i like to hire when you can find them but when you can find them but um there's you know so many restaurants that you know I lost I had a woman that worked for me as a server um, Jessica that um, you know was a huge part of my business and you know she was growing up as a person and got married and and, uh, needed more security in her life and so she went to work for one of the more successful restaurant tours in town because he could offer her you know full benefits and a whole package which which I, I really couldn't you know which yeah, that, that's been difficult yeah. so but that's you know that happens mm-hmm. um so it, it there's a lot of insecurity in the business but uh it, never a dull moment that's for sure yeah so so whether uh before you started the business or or after uh you know the wisdom you've acquired what what is the what is the best advice you've ever received from someone hmm well, one of my colleagues, or one of my mentors is uh, Vince Matola, who's, whose dad started Vince's restaurants here in, in Seattle, um, down in Rainier, Rainier Beach, when it used to be Garlic Gulch and in the 50s. Okay. And, so uh, before my time. Yeah. Well, they kind of <laughs> built a, a little empire in, okay. in the South End, where they have multiple units of Vince's Italian, Italian-American restaurants, but great pizza mm-hmm. and uh, great pastas and stuff like that. And... Okay. and um, uh, 
I helped him open one of his, he has a Neapolitan, certified Neapolitan pizzeria called Puccinella, mm -hmm. which is on Rainier. And uh, I helped him uh, train his staff and actually work there uh, and while he got open. This is before I started Pizzeria 22. Um, but he told me that, you know, um, when I started this business, he said, it's not a race, it's, it's a marathon. You know, it's not a sprint, a 50-yard dash. It's, yeah. a, it's a marathon. It's the big picture, you know, and that's what makes it really scary right now with this bubble. There's, there's just so many restaurants. But fortunately, one thing that brings me calm and security is I've been here for five and a half years, and I have a, a core group of regulars and families and people that enjoy my product. Mm -hmm. um, however, if I was just starting out now, it's a, it's a different atmosphere than it was much different than five years ago. So that, that idea of, of it's a marathon that, uh, you know, making decisions based on the long term, you know, that that's probably one of the biggest things, you know. Now, the, um, the Italian words seem to just roll off your tongue. Did, did you pick up some Italian while you were over there? Well, yeah. I mean, I'd been involved with food, too, before I, I went to Naples, but uh, certainly I've been back uh, a few times. And... Uh, and when I was in the music business, uh, touring uh, as well, um, spent some time in Italy. And, uh, and then I also worked with, uh, well, there was a guy at Via Tribunale that um, uh, Mike brought over, who was a pizza maker from Naples that helped start Via Tribunale, which was a, a big reason for the success. He was, had been making pizza in Naples for, sure. for many years. And to this day, he's in Dallas at a huge chain in Dallas that was kind of the uh, general manager of, of a, a huge chain down there teaching people how to make true Neapolitan pizza and yeah. being an, and then also the Italians that I worked with and then um, working at Via Tribunale um, was kind of like an Italian magnet um, because it was one of the first true Neapolitan pizzerias in the country so all of a sudden your dining room's full of, of uh, first generation Italians sure. you know so you meet these people and you and some of them I've, I've learned to uh, come to uh, know and love dearly that are, you know, you can barely understand their uh, thick uh, accents, but sure. uh, English accents. But um, so you, you pick up, you know, that those uh, the language a bit, mm -hmm. you know, it's mostly just food, though. You know, I, I, I can't really speak. I can't uh, have a conversation with an Italian person other mm -hmm. other than uh, food, you know. Sure. So. Now, when the opportunity came for you to be able to open up Pizzeria 22, uh, was there uh, any specific things that, that you wanted to be different uh, about than the Via Tribunale? I can't say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, in, in, respect. in respect to Mike and what he'd done, I didn't want to photocopy his menu and, sure. and just be yeah. a tribute Via Tribunale, but with a different name. Right. What I wanted to do is... Um, have uh, make my own dough. Um, one of the things we do, you do when you get multiple units, like a Via Tribunale, you you open a commissary, so you make your dough for all units sure, at one time. So it's it's just very yeah, it's it's uh, consistent that way. Yeah. Then you don't have four right. different people making trying to make the same product. You have one. Um, so doing the dough myself, and then just putting my experience to towards the menu and the pizzas that I liked and. Uh, Mike is very, Via Tribunale is, is, is as traditional as you can get. Um, literally, if you went to Naples and took a menu and then looked at theirs, it'd be very similar. Mm -hmm. um, 
and uh, I added some things like some chicken pizzas, which you don't, you know, people don't put chicken on pizzas in, in Naples, or at least they didn't in the last time I was there. But uh, um, just uh, creating my own menu, yeah. you know, that's that was mine and catered to what I'd learned also in catering. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing about this pizza is. Um, Neapolitans, the, the tomato sauce is so good that in Naples they really load on the sauce. So you can't really eat it like uh, like a slice with your hands. Mm-hmm. You have They serve it with a knife and a fork and you eat it kind of like a steak. Okay. Um, and um, some people here in America mistake that wetness for it being raw, which it's just co- it was just cooked in a thousand degree oven. When you pull it out, it steams coming right. off and it's black around the edges. For some reason, they think it's raw, and, and that's by and large due, due to two things: the sauce, and then also uh, fresh mozzarella um, that has a high water content. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, my place and what I learned in catering too is uh, back off that amount of sauce a bit, and we also um, strain our fresh mozz a little bit. So. Okay. Overnight, so it's in the water sure. comes out of it. So cater to American sensibilities a little bit. <laughs> it does, yeah, because yeah, people still to this day, and then you know, I, I like the wet style, and sure. you know, it's 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 messy and it's yeah. hard to eat. But uh, for me, the the textures involved with that, the wet with the char, and then the softness of the dough, all those things just uh, make what you, you know the greatest part of Neapolitan pizza, really. Yeah. So. What would you say would be a, uh, a habit that you think contributes to your success in the, in the pizzeria? Just being there, I found. I went through, you know, I was there every every day for like, you know, three years. And I went through a period where I went through some health issues and um, I, I had some great people working for me. Mm-hmm. And I just wasn't there enough. And it started to reflect my business. And I found that... Um, just being there, um, it makes the biggest difference, you know, and I just, I go in and I have a great staff, but I just, you know, being there and talking to people that, um, is, is, is a huge part why people go there and when problems arise, uh, being hands on and talking to them and sending them a gift card and buying their meal, comping their, buying a dessert or, slicing off some prosciutto they've never had prosciutto before i I like to give people things and talk about wine and um and you know after this amount of time people are asking about how my kids are and you know my new house and you know so just uh you know kind of like cheers it's it's uh it's important that uh, to be there i think um uh, that to me i think that's the ultimate uh it's hard to find someone to replace uh, something that you started and that's your passion, yeah. you know, unless it's your kids or your better half or someone close to you. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would say that's it. Okay. So as we uh, kind of wrap up the interview, uh, do you have a, a piece of parting guidance you'd like to leave with our listeners? Well, I, you know, I just what I've been thinking about a lot lately, a lot lately uh-huh. is that um, we have these websites like Yelp and the West Seattle blog and and uh, People are afraid in the moment when that something negative happens um, in their dining experience. They're afraid to say something about it, you know, or do something about it. And most often um, they just don't and they go home and then they get online and then they start saying and doing things that, that, yeah. 
And really, as, a, as an owner uh, and as a manager, uh, what's beneficial to me, I don't care if you don't, if you don't like your meal, if there's something wrong, I, I'm not going to be mad at you. In fact, it's just the opposite. Sure. I care so much that I want to be able in the moment to come to grab whatever the problem is and take it to my staff and say, hey, this just happened. Um, and my staff knows I'm, you know, I'm not going to get angry or mean, but I would prefer to make be in the moment and and fix the problem then and there. It's really hard after the fact to uh, four days later when you look, you know, I try not to look at Yelp just because I think it's ridiculous, but uh, I do. Um, and but people email me. It's it's hard four days after the fact to go. Hey, we got an email. We got a burnt pizza sent out to someone picked up and took home and opened it up and it was burnt and took a picture of it and posted it on five different sites. You know, sure. um, that's that's a bummer. You know, sure. and it's not helpful. It, it, it doesn't. And I, you know, I'm trying to. I mean, I, I didn't viciously do that. Sure. You know, I we didn't do it. We're a busy restaurant. Um, I'm trying to raise a family and I have kids and, you know, some people like are seriously uh, have, have started campaigns against coming to my restaurant because of a problem that they had. So um, my words of wisdom would just be to get the, the courage to just in a nice way say, hey, you know, because you're spending all this money. Food's not cheap anymore. It's not, you know, if you're at McDonald's is one thing, but if you're a nice yeah, restaurant, you know, you can't get out of there for under seven or eight dollars these days. That's yeah. Fast food. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it don't, you don't need to be a jerk about it. Sure. Um, it's actually, you know, if you're on a date, you might be embarrassed, but just, you can just say, Hey, you know, um, I really love your food and this mm -hmm. isn't what, uh, I was anticipating. Um, either can you remake it or this is what's wrong or what I feel is wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'd also say to, if any restaurateurs are watching or any servers or whatever, that if someone tells you that just just say yes, okay, we'll, we'll replace it. Sure. And sometimes people get their ego wrapped up in it. And then, sure. then you, yeah, and well, this it. is the way we always make it. Well, it doesn't matter if it's, that's the way you always make it, just replace it. And then if they don't like it, then, then you've got a problem. It's not their problem. So that's a frustrating part of the business and, and uh, words of wisdom that I would love to just spread out into the universe that it's okay to send it back. It really helps us. It sure. makes us feel good. And, and actually it makes, it'll make you feel good. You might, you know, you might get it for free. In my place, you'd probably get it for free, mm -hmm. which, you know, we don't want you to take advantage of that. So, so sounds like you'd be kind of summed up as, you know, stop being passive aggressive. Deal, well, yeah. with, deal with the issue in the moment. Give give people an opportunity to fix it. Absolutely. As to just bad mouthing and doing no one any good. Right. Yeah. And, you know, maybe not do it at the table. And if you're uh, uncomfortable, maybe ask for a manager and get up and go to the bar or somewhere sure. away from people or you know, wherever you're comfortable, it's a, you know, we're not, sure. we don't all have the same social skills. And I understand right. that some people just, that would be horrifying for them to deal with that. And some people just aren't wired that way. Sure. I understand that. Um, but um, if we encourage it and tell people, you know, we want you to let us know if this isn't the way you like it, you sure. know, and that's why we come to your sa table and say, is everything okay? Right. You know? It's not because, it, I mean, it's an ingrained response for us, but that's why we say it, you know, so. Sure. Well, Carrie, it's been great having you on as a guest. Uh, maybe you could uh, tell our listeners uh, how they could get a hold of you or, you know, find out more about your restaurants, uh, you know, online or sure. if they want to go visit. Well, we're at pizzeria22.com. Um, we're in the Admiral District of West Seattle. 
Um, we were one block north of Admiral on College Street. Um, so California and College intersect. Um, we're around the corner from the Yen War and um, the Admiral Pub, um, kind of on the way to the old Carnegie Library in uh, North Admiral. Um, you can also order um, for takeout online as well on our website. And we have a, a delivery system now. We don't deliver, but now the new thing is Uber Eats and we have Grubhub. And so um, you, if it's pouring down rain sideways and you don't feel like getting in your car, well, now you can get your Pizzeria 22 at home um, and have it delivered to you, which is great. Nice. So, um, and you can get all of our contact information on that. I would like to plug, um, we expanded about uh, two years ago. Okay. So we doubled the size of our uh, restaurant and we built uh, what we call Room 22. Um, which is a, a large private dining space for up to 50 people oh, wow. and there are larger tables and we use that for overflow as well so we used to have a reputation for being very small and crowded so gotcha. um, it started hurting us because it's full all the time mm -hmm. um, but uh, we now have plenty of space but we do wonderful events there and, and I like to contribute to our community um, in terms of doing um, local soccer banquets and okay. stuff like that and sure. it's, a, it's a great facility for that and there's not a very many large um, private dining spaces in West Seattle so sure. well, that's great to know I mean just looking at the front you think you'd be kind of small yeah inside, but okay yeah right. so cool well thanks for your time Carrie I, I appreciate, appreciate it. it yeah cool yeah. it's nice meeting you pleasure meeting you well that wraps up this week's episode of the Seatown podcast Make sure to check out our guest website, support what they're doing, and show them some love. If you liked what you heard on this podcast, let us know by writing us a very nice five-star review on iTunes and subscribing. You can also find out more about me and other projects I'm working on by visiting ctown.com. Today's intro and outro music is courtesy of the Fascination Movement. You can find their albums in the iTunes store. The Seatown podcast creator and host is Christian Harris. This has been a Seatown Media Production. Music.